Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a motivational speaker helping people to live positively with the challenges of life. Uh, I have a co-host for my show today, my amazing <laughs> friend Brad, and uh, he'll be joining us. Uh, he's the one who introduced me to the today's uh, guest. Introduce yourself, Brad, please. Hello, everybody. This is Brad Zalas, and I want to thank you, Tom, for having me on. Tom and I met uh, last year at the Napoleon Hill's uh, first summit for Think and Grow Rich, and uh, what I specialize in is uh, reaching millennials, the generational issues out there and things like that. And Tom and I touch base, both turning middle-aged, and he goes, now I get it. (laughs) Right, Tom? (laughs) Exactly. I turned 50 last year, and I thought I was turning into a crotchety old man because I don't understand these young people. But Brad has helped me realize they got strengths that I'll never have. And uh, Brad's also the book of uh, author of the book Liquid Leadership, so make sure to go out and get that. Our guest today that we're both very fond of is Jane Atkinson. Uh, the speaking business, as Brad and I know, can be unnerving at times. So many things you should be doing, so many options, and which way should you turn? Jane Atkinson cuts through the BS and helps you beeline straight for success. Jane has been helping speakers catapult their businesses for over 20 years. As a former speaker's agent, she has represented numerous speakers, celebrities, and best-selling authors, many big names that you would recognize. And today, Jane coaches some of the industry's hottest stars who have vaulted to the top 3% of their field. Her clients are the who's who, executive VPs of Fortune 100 companies, editors-in-chief of top magazines, best-selling authors, adventurers, Ivy League professors, and regular everyday people who have a very strong message. Jane is also the author of The Wealthy Speaker, uh, which Brad had recommended to me. I love the book. Brad also loved the book, and I have a few friends that have contacted me about starting a mastermind around that book. And she's also the author of the epic keynote. Uh, welcome to the show today, Jane. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you both. Good. I, uh, As I mentioned, I finished your book a few weeks ago, and wow, what a... Uh, I was going to say simple. It lays out a simple step-by-step formula for people to really uh, ratchet up and ramp up their speaking business. And uh, I really enjoyed, like, the main theme behind it is not the marketing, not the promoting, not the website. It's have an amazingly powerful speech that people talk about and talk to other people about, and then that generates automatically new speaking engagements for you. Uh, Talk about that point a little bit, uh, uh, Jane, because uh, I think I see so many people focusing on the marketing part of themselves, uh, but not so much the speaking part. Well, if you think about your number one form of marketing is having a great product, Product is really the cornerstone of any business. We've seen a lot of uh, things come 
and go and they've gone because the product hasn't been solid. So if you can put some really amazing content into your presentation, then and and I think I'll give you something that's kind of a 2.0 thing right now off the bat. It's the Wealthy Speaker 2.0 is the kind of the up-to-date version. I think the most important thing is the way that you package it. Back in the olden day, it wasn't as important just to be a beautiful storyteller and, you know, hopefully to have a point to your message was enough. But now we're in kind of a world of branding and packaging, and now I think you have to have some stickiness to your message and give it to people in a way that they will really remember it. So I would say that absolutely you are right on when you say that uh, really job one is getting good. Yeah. And having great content. Yeah. Yeah, I have to. I have to admit, Jane. Uh, years ago, I had actually asked Jane to coach me and and help me when I was first starting out, and that was the number one thing. It's like you've got to have a great speech, and I got to tell you, it's taken me, Jane, and you'll you'll laugh at this. It's <laughs> taken me like four years to get good enough that I have people come up to me afterwards, and I get three or four more bookings after the keynote. So I have to agree with Jane's wisdom. Get your speech down. Make it an event. When people come to watch you, that's your biggest sales tool. Mm-hmm. And to and to not you know give them and to not work that angle of the business to work harder on the marketing is is really uh, kind of backwards. Backwards, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and one thing I really got uh, that got my mind spinning and my speech being rewritten. Uh, is to make the focus of the speech about the people in the audience. Uh, Brad, my amazing friend Brad, now he's my speaker coach. He's coaching me on starting my message. Instead of saying, I got rheumatoid arthritis when I was five, he's saying, start off by saying, you're five years old. Yeah. And putting people into the picture and you yeah. know you're perfectly healthy and then this and that happens and yeah. so uh putting it into the points out so that this people in the audience are thinking about their own life not just you being like a an eye expert i did this i did that i did this but really putting your audience into the story talk about yeah. that because it's not the easiest always to do that I think that I think there's a really magical word uh imagine. So when I start my presentations and I really only speak to groups of professional speakers, so I'll start with imagine you're having the perfect day in your life as a professional speaker. And I map it out so that limousines are coming and people are giving them giant checks and, you know, I stop short of helicopters. Uh, it's it's just a really great day in their life. And, you know, the assistant calls, the fabulous assistant calls and tells them that they booked Hawaii and that it, the client wants to know if they want to bring their spouse and all of that good stuff. It's really a fun way to get them into thinking bigger about what their life could be like as a professional speaker. And so your uh, life, Tom, could be, you know, imagine you're just a five-year-old with not a care in the world. One day you're running around and you're doing all these goofball things, and then the next day everything changes or you get this diagnosis or whatever it is, or slowly it it starts to decline. Whatever Mm. the story is, you can put me right into those shoes. 
And I think that imagine is just such a powerful word to begin a speech. And that's what we really want to do is when we are going up to begin our speech, yes, it's probably a lovely day where you're standing, and yes, everybody flew in and they had travel issues and things like that, but really I I think that that is the most powerful way to begin is to just launch right into this imagination because you know what? People have been on their phones. They've been out in the hallway having conversations. They need to come to be with you quickly and you have that one or two minutes at the very beginning of the speech is so important for you grabbing their attention and engaging exactly. them and exactly. making it about them. And right. you had talked about the starting. The, the first story needs to be really captivating. Like when Brad was on stage last year, he brought up with him a Viewmaster. And a Viewmaster <laughs> will automatically get a reaction from old guys like me. And right. so right before he even started speaking, people were laughing just looking at the Viewmaster like they don't haven't seen one for years. So uh, talk about that, uh, Brad, a little bit. You said it's taken you four years to get this speech together, but the one you did last year was amazing, and the way you start it is humorous and funny and memorable. Well, this all, I have to thank Jane for this, but uh, it's the you language we're discussing right now, and that is make it about them, the audience. And usually what I do is I walk out into the center of the stage, and I, I, I stay dead silent. I don't say a word. I look around the room for about a very uncomfortable 20 seconds, but I have a glint in my eye. And I look at each and every person, and I start with, imagine it is the morning of your 18th birthday. (laughs) And I basically go back in time and tell how tough my father was. And all my stories of my father being tough and what are you talking about, and then I show the toys from one generation to the next. And, Mm. yes, when I pull out stuff – Every single person, and from standing on stage, and if there are any speakers listening, when you're standing on stage and you watch the reaction of your audience, it is mind-blowing to watch baby boomers go back in time. And I see 12-year-olds in front of me instead of 50- and 60-year-olds. It all boils down to the you language making it about them. Imagine it is the morning of your 18th birthday and your father walks into your bedroom and says... Boom. They're on the edge of their seat at that point. Instead of standing there and going, hey, you know what the morning of my 18th birthday was like? My father walks into my bedroom. Do you hear the difference? Yeah. You're not engaged. It's always about me. So if you shift that speech, and and it's very hard, Jane. You talk about this in The Wealthy Speaker. It's actually really hard. I think it was Vince Vicente who talked about this. When he shifted to you language, that's when everything changed for his career because now bookers, bureaus, and event planners, when they saw his video, they were in that that scene with him. And if you don't know who Vince Pacenti is, he's a, an Olympic gold, uh, an Olympic skier, a speed skier, and he he takes you on the journey of doing downhill speed skiing at 120 miles an hour. And when he draws you into that moment as if you are a speed skier, you're there in that moment and it's scary your heart's pounding you're going down that road when you can get your audience engaged and fired up just like that that's when your bookings are going to change nice nice i love it jane did you uh are you the one who suggested because now brad's telling me to do it as well that pause at the start Mm -hmm. 
Well, I like the pause, and it's so powerful. I think Lou Heckler was probably the first person who, and he wrote several things for uh, the Epic Keynote book. He he was the first one to really uh, talk about the power of the pause to me. You know, one of the things that that does, it gets you uh, standing tall and in, in centered, and it uh, gets you present in this moment. And I think that there is nothing more powerful than being really, really, truly present with your audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people are kind of like, oh, what are they doing? And, you know, that draws in the curiosity and you begin. So, uh, Brad, I'll talk to you later about it, but I think you've got something cool for um, what we call a phrase that pays. Right. Uh, if you're using this view master and you're talking about generations uh, kind of viewing other generations, you know, the way that you want, you know, you could play off of that and there could be a through line about them seeing each other, I see you or something like that, that just, um, that's what it struck me about the view master. It could, like, it's how you view other generations. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> through that, yeah, through yeah. that lens. He's helping us become a view master. I want want to point out something for those of you who are listening. This is how Jane works. She actually coaches speakers. And do you want to talk a little bit about how you got started? I mean, I know the story. I I, uh, one day picked up a book and I read it. It was by Vince Pacenti. And I said, hey, I'm going to ask this guy to be my mentor. And uh, he called me a month later. Uh, right after he got off the airplane from India, he said, sure, Brad, I'll be your mentor, but you really need to talk to Gene Atkinson. So uh, you want to tell us a little bit about your background real quick? Because I think it would help with other speakers to know that you're not just somebody who coaches. You've been in the trenches. You know what's going on. Sure. So, uh, well, my life changed when I saw a PBS special, which I recorded on VHS tape. So that puts you <laughs> into where my t- you know, generation is. I just joined the 50 Club in May. And uh, so I watched this. It was a Les Brown Live Your Dream speech on PBS. Mm. And I watched it over and over and over again. And it literally changed the course of my life. He talked about really uh, taking charge of your life and getting rid of the negative people and reading books. The education was the key to your success. And I just, it just, all that stuff just had never dawned on me before. I was 25, just doing a lot of fun jobs and working at, you know, cruise ships and ski resorts kind of thing and I thought that's it I'm going to go and work for a motivational speaker and you know really be careful what you wish for because I would say it was a matter of weeks probably about two to three weeks later I had a job as you know the vice president of marketing for my first motivational speaker and that was uh, over 20 years ago the wow. uh, her name her name was Betska and she wrote a book on uh, leadership and I worked three years basement office straight commission for her kind of like her booking agent or business manager and then I got recruited out to Vancouver to work for a really amazing uh, magnet magazine magnet named Peter Legg and uh, spent a few years in Vancouver with him. Then I got recruited down to Dallas to work for Vince Pacenti, who uh, Brad mentioned, worked four years for him, and then two years for his wife, who owned a speaker's bureau. So I was under the roof of a speaker's bureau for six years, which was just like an amazing, amazing education. So uh, 
when moving back to Canada, uh, I actually, today is my 10-year anniversary of starting my own business. So of, wow. of speaker launcher, I decided, you know, people started at about speaker number two, people, people started to ask me, now, how did you make that person so successful? And I thought, okay, well, someday I'm going to charge for this. Everybody would say, can I take you to lunch and pick your brain? And I didn't <laughs> have enough free lunches. So I said, okay, someday I'm going to charge for this. And, uh, didn't dawn on me to write a book until a couple of years after that, but the Wealthy Speaker, the first version, was then born, and uh, 2.0, 2.0 just came out last year, and that is, you know, with a couple of hundred new updates because a lot had changed in five years. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, branding and marketing uh, just alone are in the hands of an individual on the internet now. So yeah, the update is very good. So I want to ask you another question. Now that you, everybody knows that you've been in the trenches, you've seen it, you know what sets the best apart from everybody else. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what makes a great speaker as opposed to somebody who just gets booked or goes for months without bookings, things like that? I would say that having relevant key content is probably going to be the reason why someone is successful almost regardless of their marketing. I've seen people who did what I would call be good marketing. Amanda Gore, for instance, came over to, um, she's Australian and moved over to Dallas when I was living there. And uh, so I got to see her right from the ground floor kind of start her business in a new country. And her, her marketing wasn't really in place yet or wasn't really all that good. And simply by being amazing on the platform, she just took off. I mean, like wildfire. I've never seen right. anybody go so well. But then I'll bring you up to someone like Orion Estes, who is one of my kind of more recent success stories, who went from zero to probably close to a million in about four or five years. And he did it by being what I would call a triple threat. He's great on the stage. Uh, he's a great salesperson, and he's also a great marketer. So right. he's got uh, he's got three really amazing things going for him, and uh, he knows how to, you know, give them what they want. So he's gone very very rapidly from so so. You know, it used to be that you could probably do it just by being good, and I know that there are people out there who are still doing it just by being good. I know one guy who's been booked for years and still doesn't even have a website. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't even know wow. how that happens. I do not. It, it, it he, doesn't. he must be amazing. Well, oh, I guess wow. so. I'm not even going to mention his name because uh, I, I just I can't, it's, I can't believe it. Wow. Hard to imagine in this day and age. It is hard to imagine. He's still sending out VHS tapes, too. I don't think he's that antiquated, but he jokes with me. We joke about it every time I see him. They still don't have a website. I think he like puts it on like a badge of honor or something. But anyway. <laughs> speaker without a website. Yeah, the accidental speaker. Uh, there you go. There's a book, The Accidental Salesperson. So he's the accidental yeah. speaker. Yeah. Now, one thing you had suggested, Jane, in your book uh, that uh, people should be aware of, because I'm thinking in my own case, in my own case, the most amazing speech I ever did, the most hilarious, people were laughing, 
I had brought my wife so that she could video it, but she enjoyed it so much and was laughing so much she forgot to record it. And so in your book, you make a point of telling people whenever you speak, if it's like three people or 3,000, record it, record it somehow. And now in the age of flip phones, you know, there's some really fun gadgets out there. There's a tripod that if you put the thing in your pocket, this is an Apple product, uh, the the camera or the i the phone or the or the iPad will follow your movements. And so that's kind of like a self recording device. I forget wow. what that's called, but it's it's the coolest. Brad, do you know about it? I've heard of it. I'm not sure what it is, but definitely yeah, I, uh can't remember the name, Jen, my uh one of my colleagues, uh, Jen, she's uh, got one. But, yeah, it's like, I mean, so the, that's a, what, the difference is that before when you presented film footage to someone, it had to be really good in order to not be really bad. But mm-hmm. YouTube has just diminished the the need for quality. I mean, we have seen some of the most brilliant singers, you know, singing in their bathroom because that's where the acoustics were best. And so the the need for really, really brilliant three camera shoot for video footage anymore is is unnecessary. And I think that YouTube has really uh, opened the doors for a lot of us to not spend so much money trying to yeah. get great film footage. The best case scenario is when the company is already going to film it. They're putting it up on the iMag and so they're filming it and they're going to uh, you know, have a two or three camera shoot, that's when you really want to say, okay, can I please, please, please have a nice copy of that. Mm. And uh, and that's the best case scenario. But hey, for those of us who don't have a giant production and three camera shoot, set up the tripod and, you know, maybe get the thing that follows you and uh, you'll get some good footage out of it at some point in time. You know, you, yeah. a nice little close, tight shot is really all you need of you telling a story. Nowadays, we only need a two-minute clip. Chris right. uh, Young, who's one of my best buds in the industry, a bureau booker, and uh, another bureau owner, both told me, I said, what's the shortest amount of time on video uh, it could take you to book a speaker? And they both agreed two minutes. Two minutes was all they needed to make a decision. So just know that it's possible to get by on two minutes of pretty good footage. Yeah, and I'm going to throw this out to any speakers listening who might be in the, the middle of the, their careers or just starting out. Um, there's this thing about being perfect on stage. And, mm-hmm. and usually when they know they're being filmed, they're like, oh, man, I blew this line or I did this. And I look at it this way. Don't sweat that. Just always be thinking, I'm going to videotape this. Constantly be videotaping, constantly be videotaping. And you're going to hit that mark one day where it's just the perfect killer speech and you just knock it out of the park yeah. and it's it's right there. And that happened to me a few years ago. I uh, gave a keynote at MasterCard Worldwide. And part of it was centered around the fact that I was asked to do a, a keynote speech for a private group. And when MasterCard heard about it, they wanted to book me as well. So I had two presentations in the exact same space over a five-hour day. And a buddy of mine does high-definition video, and he volunteered uh, to shoot my videos. And he showed up with a three-camera crew. <laughs> I couldn't oh, wow. believe it. And, um, 
did everything uh, pretty much gratis because he he wanted to have this for his portfolio, and he's been in the business for 25 years. So oh, my sweet. point is, is don't sweat the small stuff. Keep just making that speech so great, and your performance is number one. Don't get so caught up in being perfect because yeah. some guy heckled me at MasterCard in the audience. <laughs> And I made a huge joke out of it, which wound up going on the film anyways because it was funny. I just said, you're screwing this up for me, man. I'm filming. I said, no, do whatever you want. Have fun. Throw, you know, throw stuff at me. You know. So it, it's really – there are resources out there. You can use your own video equipment, the iPhone uh, yeah. has lenses you can buy and, and uh, audio equipment to go with it. We have audio editing tools. And Jane's right. The quality doesn't have to be what it was. You don't have Perfect. to have a three-camera shoot for people to go, wow, this person just is really good uh, at telling a story and getting across what they want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So do all, your due, do all your due diligence on the front end and then forget about the camera. It's, you, yeah. it's your job to engage that audience. It's not your job to get some good stuff on film. So just forget that it's even there and you'll do a great job. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Another point you brought out in your book was uh, that was kind of interesting and I uh, agreed and enjoyed it. Uh, don't focus on the quantity of speeches you're doing. Uh <laughs> Get your fee up, get paid properly, and do you know good key speaking <laughs> engagements that are going to benefit you instead of doing two hundred a year where hundred and ninety two uh. of them are free. <laughs> When people uh, would walk the halls of NSA with their chest all puffed out, oh, I've done 180 engagements a year, I thought, I think, really? That sounds gross. Like, that's a horrible (laughs) amount of time to be gone from home. If you're traveling two days for every one of them, basically, you have no life. You have no family, you know, to speak of probably because they're so disappointed that you're never home. So to me, that is not something to be, you know, tell me that you spoke 40 times at 20 grand a pop. Now I'll be impressed. You know, right. like that's really, and, and you know what? I'm even going to take that a step further and encourage people, because where this is Think and Grow Rich, um, to encourage you beyond trading your time for money. Uh, we just t- taped a webinar this afternoon with Robert Stover, that was all about expanding your platform. And the goal is not to have every transaction that takes place with you have to involve your time. The goal is to build a platform and then right. have ideas that you would uh, push out to them through various products. And I have an in- a university and all kinds of different ways, membership. You know, there's a lot of ways for you to get your ideas across to people. So this kind of leads to another point. It's kind of old school to even think of yourself as a quote-unquote speaker. What you really are is an expert who happens to speak. Speaking is one of the ways that you distribute your knowledge, but it shouldn't probably be the only way or else you're going to get into that time trade for money and you're going to find that eventually you can get burnt out, You know, especially yeah. if you are doing a lot of dates a year. I took a long way to get around to that, but... Uh, that's the point. Don't trade your time for money. Well, I, I want to jump in here real quick. Jane, you're going to laugh at this, uh, speaking of fees and raising your platform and doing different things. I just got back from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, 
and I flew in to give a keynote address for, I was the opening keynote speaker for the oil and gas industry. They have an association meeting up there in the mountains. And I literally, Jane makes you do this exercise in the beginning of the wealthy speaker where you imagine your life as a speaker four or five years from now in a limousine and they're picking you up and you get these fat checks and your wife is greeting you at the door, all those things. That happened last uh, week, okay, I, I fly in, it's two flights, you got to fly from New York City, I flew into to, uh, Portland, and then I take a, a propeller-driven jet airplane over into uh, Spokane, Washington, they pick me up in a Lincoln Town Car, black uh-huh. Lincoln Town Car, my own chauffeur, drives me the 40 minutes to the hotel, I get set up in this beautiful room, I'm sitting back, and my wife, I call her up immediately, and I go, you can't believe this place, it's amazing, she goes, I go, I'm going to take pictures of the place, she goes, no, take a selfie uh, with that, the place in the background and send it to me, and I'm just cracking up, I'm going, this is completely 100% Jane Atkinson's scenario <laughs> in The Wealthy Speaker, and it was this year that I broke through that ten and $15,000 mark because my book is international. It's all over the world. It's been translated into Korean, and it's in India and places like that. And that becomes the value that you sell. It's not, it's, it is the speech, but it's the value that you bring uh, outward and into the organization uh, from what I do. And you want to talk a little bit about that? Because it's like upselling, not just what the words that you're saying, it's the value you're bringing to the organization that you're speaking at. Well, I think the idea is that you are able to help them solve a problem. And so mm-hmm. if if there are organizations out there, and let's just imagine that there are a few who struggle with, say, intergenerational issues, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, a few ev- of them. <laughs> like like everyone, right. then they are going to potentially pay to solve that problem. Right. And, Tom, in your case, if there are people who need some inspiration, some motivation, and in some case, some perspective on what's going on in their lives, then that is also a reason. You are also helping them solve a problem. You're helping people who are stuck maybe get unstuck. You are people helping people who are unmotivated get motivated, et cetera, et cetera. So I think what you will find is there are two ways to kind of raise your feet up the ladder. It's to uh, continually inject your content with fresh ideas that will help people solve a problem. And if you're solving an age-old problem like attitude, then you've got to deliver it in a way that's kind of new and fresh. Yes, yes, I got that from your book. I was kind of disappointed when you said motivation is like a motivational speakers kind of old or fashioned or uh, and that they're not always like people like to be positive and motivated. But yeah, mine is now you got me thinking so much now I'm redesigning and and promoting that helping people to live positively through the challenges of life. And right. I like that point. I like that point in the book too. Like being a speaker should be like the last thing you mention. Whereas when yeah. you are a speaker, or let me just say, 
since I am a speaker, I often mention it first because it makes me feel taller and better looking. <laughs> but if you tell people the problem you solve and how you help people and then right. just at the end you add, and oh yeah, by the way, I get the chance to share this uh, by speaking at various groups and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so maybe that really a- is a refocus on being taller and better looking by bragging about being a speaker and uh, actually providing value. What's in it for you, the person I'm telling this to? Right, right. Well, maybe, maybe there's a way, you know, say you're sitting next to somebody on a plane and they say, what do you do? You say, I, you know, maybe you say something like, uh, I help people, uh, uh, leverage their resilience or something like that. And And they'd go, Oh, Really? How do you do that? And then you would go into, well, I'm a speaker and I write books and I do this and that and the other thing. And I have this own, you know, it's all based in my own personal story. So Mm. I would think about maybe what word you want to own. Is it resilience? Is it overcoming? You know, there might be a word that you can really start to build on. I like resilience. Resilience is a becoming a a big word now. And so... Thank you. All right. Resilience. Uh, Boy, I could be paying for this information. <laughs> <laughs> you both said it was an interview, but I think it was disguised as a coaching call. I, I think it's more important that everybody listening on this call today, if you're a speaker, you really need to get out and get Jane Atkinson's books, uh, The Wealthy Speaker 2.0, Epic Keynote. And uh, she also provides private classes and everything, group classes. Like I've taking her marketing makeover courses and things like that. So get in there. I think, Jane, you provide such a, a, quality, a quality value uh, f- for the industry because if you're struggling as a speaker, I think you just stop struggling, hire Jane, get in there, learn the ropes because um, I, I, I consider my team – that has helped me become successful, and Jane, you're you're at the top of that list. Thank you, thank you so much. You know, sure. I think a lot of people are out there trying to do the business by themselves. You know, they're out on their own little island. They maybe don't yeah. have any association membership. So we talk about maybe becoming a member of the National Speakers Association, or in Canada we have uh, CAPS, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. That's also a good way to just kind of start to get off of your island and out with other people. And uh, if if you know, we do have things. I really don't even care if you go to the lowest price point, which is a $10 ebook for either of my books. You know, it, just invest the $10. I, I tell you, it will really be worth it and it'll shorten your learning curve. But that, if that's the only thing you do, I would be fine with that. You know, just yeah. take, take the information and run with it. And, and then right. if you need more help, I'll be standing by. And one addition to what Brad said, because I kicked myself, although when you have four knees replaced, it's hard to kick yourself. Uh, I kicked myself for not buying the workbook. I just got the book. And every time as I'm reading through the book, I'm thinking, darn, should have got that workbook. I could be answering this question, writing all this down. And so make sure to get the workbook that goes with the wealthy speaker, uh, where you can, instead of just reading through a book, you can actually go through it, apply it, write it down, maybe five years from now. Remember like Brad uh, when he started his planning and look back and say, wow, look at this. Gene had me write this out and here I am in a limousine. Well, 
I think I think the the real point of of this entire interview is it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's something that's very strategic, and you're going to have a lot of happy accidents along the way. And Jane has a formula in there where you get ready, you aim, and then you fire. And part of that getting ready part might be hard for people who are of a different generation, like millennials or Generation X. And it's like I want to be a speaker. That's all I care about. And there is a formula that has worked and shall work forever. And that is people don't just hire speakers anymore. They want you to be an expert. And so if you work on your speech, you work on your platform, you work on the value that you're bringing to the table, that's going to be a consistently, uh, that's going to be a consistent evolving program that's happening. Like I don't have the same message I had four years ago. My message today is cracking the millennial code. And that took a while to get there because I had a mastermind group that said, hey, Brad, you're bridging generational chaos. That's what you're doing. And, you know, this is a process. So the ready, aim, fire, you talk about this a lot in your books. Jane, you want to you touch base on that? Well, I have a formula just like you all have formulas for what you do. I have a formula for my work. So both books actually are kind of the same. Uh, ready is where we get crystal clear on what we're selling. AIM is where we make sure that we have that clarity available for people and the language that comes with that clarity available on our marketing, i.e. websites. And then FIRE is where we roll out to our target markets. And a lot of people will come to me with FIRE questions when, in fact, the best thing they could do for themselves is go back and start at ready again, get crystal clear on what you're selling, maybe let go of some things that aren't serving you. We talk about picking a lane, and that when we say pick a lane, we really mean topic. Pick a lane that's your topic, because if you try to be all things to all people, it becomes very confusing for you your buyer. So when you pick that lane and and kind of really massage it and develop some language around that, that makes the whole rest of the process so much easier. It's trying to write a book. It's like trying to write a book without knowing what the book wants to be when it grows up. It's it's very difficult to do. And uh, that clarity is just essential. Yeah. And it's going to be awesome as well like uh in my case, I had to be sold really hard on being labeled a think-and-grow-rich expert. Sometimes people have a hard time, or at least I did have a hard time, uh, labeling or saying that they're an expert when really they are can be an expert. And so sure. it is uh, great to be an expert, uh, find out yeah. what that expertise is, and uh, uh, that's what people want is they want someone who is well-known and an expert uh, in their field. And so yeah. maybe I have to change it now. With I'll we'll have to see what my coach Brad is going to suggest because he's not going to, to be more you, me I'll, and less Napoleon I'll tell you Hill. What you are. Uh, Jane, by the way, speaking of experts, how do how does someone get a hold of you? Where should they go? They can go to speakerlauncher.com. And uh, there's a free report on there, top three mistakes speakers make and how to avoid them. You can grab that. And you can also grab uh, the first three chapters of the Epic Keynote, which is my most recent book. And I really gave a lot away in those uh, freebie chapters. So by all means, uh, take advantage of those as well. Uh, Tell me about the Epic Keynote because I didn't read that one yet. And we haven't talked about that a lot yet. 
Well, we talked a little bit about some of the qualities of an epic keynoter. And again, it follows the ready, aim, speak formula this time. And it really is a lot of this. uh, It's not the same material that's in Wealthy Speaker 2.0. It's all about how to develop your platform skill. Uh, The subtitle is Presentation Skills and Styles of Wealthy Speakers, and that's because I really encourage people to develop their own style and to create their own style. You know, your goal isn't to go out and sound like Napoleon Hill every day. It's to be your best version of yourself and and help to uh, deliver some of his content. So, I think that uh, that's everybody's goal is to develop, you know, their content and really know who they want to be on the platform. So we talk about all kinds of different things, backstage rituals, uh, you know, the plan for game day. How do you prepare a great opening? How do you add humor to your speech? How do you build your stories and make them about them? And there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of all the same experts that helped me out with the the Wealthy Speaker 2.0 came back for the second book yeah you know uh, jane i caught you did a video years ago at the national speakers association where you sat down and you got frank with joe calloway and talked about the the keynote address and what to do with it and that was mind-blowing to me because there are no rules there isn't one way to do it and if you really want to set yourself apart i i agree with you 100 percent this this is your chance to shine by developing your your epic keynote your own style, your own style with your own keynote. Yeah, we did, um, it's called Diary of a Killer Keynote a long time ago, and we dissected a speech that Joe did that was epic, that people still remember. It was called the Let It Go speech, the idea being what do we as speakers need to let go of in order to move to the next level. And people still remember. He left the building before the speech was over, which was part of it, why it was so epic. <laughs> and they, we had to let, we as the audience had to let it go that that's how the speech was supposed to, you know, end. And so it was really, uh, truly memorable. And that's what uh, really makes up. So there's a lot of little glimpses into the past of uh, really epic speeches that I've witnessed, as well as coming from them uh, in their preparation of the epic speeches. That's great. Well, I went up to Joe at an NSA and I said, hey, I wanted to thank you. I'm friends with Jane. He probably thought I was a creepy stalker up until that point. And I said, I saw the let let it go. He goes, oh, you did? That's great. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, he was so great. Uh, And it taught me a lot. Everything that Jane does uh, teaches and and I just go out and get everything. Just do it. (laughs) Jeez. Thanks, guys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally agreed. And uh, what I found as well is that it's a lot of all valuable content. I find a lot of books have extra words maybe to create enough pages, but uh, there was no wasted words in jeans. It's very every page is powerful, packed full of ideas. And I almost had as many journal pages for the book writing tips as I did for the actual, as there are in the book. There's a lot of content. And uh, go through it. But again, I recommend get that workbook uh, where you can really write it down, cement those ideas on paper, and then get the plan and put it into action. Yeah. One other thing I, we didn't mention is that uh, Jane and I are Canadians. <laughs> Jane lives close to, I, close to me. We're Canadians and members of the 50 Club. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm 50. Just turned 51, uh, <laughs> actually. Very good. Go through your website again, Jane, so people hear it and remember it. Uh, speakerlauncher.com. Launcher.com. Remember the launcher part because I emailed a at speakerlaunch.com and got okay. it back. So speakerlauncher.com. Go to Amazon, get those books. They're amazing. No, uh, go get to the Speaker Launcher and get those books. Oh, go to Speaker Launcher. Right off the website. Her website. Any also, final questions or anything, uh, Brad? No, I think that's it. I think uh, you've uh, you've really, really helped a lot of people on the, who are listening today. Thank you. Well, this is a nice way to spend my uh, 10-year anniversary. I really appreciate it, and uh, I, I hope to be a part of uh, your fan base here in the future for a long time to come. Everybody go to speakerlaunch.com, get that free Launch special it. report, the top three mistakes speakers make and how to avoid them. Yes, speakerlauncher.com. Excellent. And if you want to find out more about Brad, you know, I am one of his biggest fans, by the way, <laughs> liquidleadership.com. Great. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Jane. <laughs> Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for uh, participating in this. It's going to be very valuable to a lot of people I know. Thank Great. you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.